0: Welcome to Douglas Wilson's The Podcast, presented by Canon Press. Yes, God. God don't never so, welcome to The Podcast. This God. is episode 227. My name is Douglas Wilson. I'm glad that you decided to join us. So, welcome aboard. Let's go. This episode, I want to talk a little bit about the Canadian truckers. uh, And I want to talk about them because, let's be frank, you and I, the Canadian truckers made me happy. Part of the reason I was so happy is when um, so many people, particularly in places like Canada, rolled over to all kinds of um, overweening overreach on the part of the government with a few courageous canadian pastors standing up here and there it is very easy to assume that everybody's gone brain dead everybody everybody is uh, compliant and this is the way it's going to be and then all of a sudden apparently out of nowhere there's this eruption of you know freedom loving canadian truckers where do they come from and they they acquitted themselves well they they stayed peaceful They applied appropriate pressure. They got all kinds of uh, regulations dropped, at least at the uh, provincial levels. Uh, Justin Trudeau cracked down on them, declared the uh, emergency, uh, uh, sort of assumed emergency powers, cleared out the streets of Ottawa, sent them home, and then almost right away dropped the emergency powers, Indicating that this was not the show of strength that it, it it might have looked like to some. Basically, I I believe that this this uh, indicated that the ruling powers that be are far more vulnerable than they appear to be to us, and probably are far more vulnerable than they appear to be to uh, to themselves. Now, I think that they're probably more aware of their vulnerability than the than the people are. But this illustrates what I think is the bottom line in this. What we're seeing is a political seismic shift when it comes to practical politics. So if I'm a I'm a principled conservative and all the things I believe about free trade and, and economics and a stable social order and all of those things, I still believe. I still hold to the same things. The things I learned out of all the books that I Read are they're constant. To um, to refer to um, Russell Kirk's phrase, these are the permanent things. I still hold to the permanent things, but the advocates of the permanent things used to be in uneasy alliance with, let's say, the Republican Party. And someone has said that there are two parties in Washington. There's the evil party and the stupid party. So there, are, there have been many, many Republicans who have not gotten the memo, who, who aren't conservative. They're not principled in any way. And yet you could hunt around and find principled conservatives holding office here and there or working on staff with somebody here and there. So what this means is you had principled conservatives in a pragmatic alliance with people who didn't, who didn't understand the basic principles, right? Uh, what we're seeing is not an erasure of conservative principles. We're not seeing conservative principle uh, cons- uh, principled conservatives go away. They are, have not disappeared. What's happening in this seismic shift is that there is a realignment of what the pragmatic alliance is. There's a it's a different pragmatic alliance. So the fundamental collision point over the next few years, and I think we've seen it over the last few years, is a collision not between left and right, not between Tories and labor in, in the UK or Republican and Democrat in the United States. It's not between left and right anymore. I think it's between ruling class and ruled, the ruling class and ruled. And I think that this is what lies behind Brexit, I believe that this is what lies behind the revolt that resulted in the election of Donald Trump to the presidency. And I believe that this is what lies beneath the whole phenomenon of the Canadian truckers. And now, as we're recording this, the American convoy of trucks left California. I think it was yesterday as we're recording this. And we will see what happens when they get to DC. I hear that the plan is to clog the Beltway but we'll we'll see what happens. So this is a showdown not between left and right, not between principled conservatives and principled liberals, but between people who are in charge and running the show, often quite badly, and people who are paying the price for things being run badly. It strikes me that the pragmatic alliance that principled conservatives are making now aligns them with this populist revolt. Now, populism isn't necessarily conservative. Populism isn't necessarily good. But in this case, our diseased kleptocracy, our diseased ruling class, uh, has done an awful lot of damage up there, and they've done an awful lot of damage to the people that they are responsible for. And so, consequently, it has come time where people are kicking. And that's what I think we're seeing. So as we continue with the podcast episode 227, we're studying the sins mentioned in the Greek New Testament and we've given this study the fancy name of hamartiology and here we are. So our word for this session is eklanthonomia, which means to forget. This is a hopox, which means it only occurs once. This this one occurrence in the New Testament is found in Hebrews. Hebrews 12:5 says and ye have forgot the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children my son despise not thou the chastening of the lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him hebrews 12:5 this usage highlights a scriptural point which we often forget ironically we tend to think that forgetting to do something that we were obligated to do constitutes an excuse or at least part of an excuse if a teenager is told to make his bed and is later asked about it by his mother he often thinks that it is sufficient to say, But mom, I forgot. Like that makes it better. In scriptural terms, this would not be something that ameliorated anything, but rather it would be an additional offense. Not only did you not make your bed, you also forgot that I told you to make the bed. That's an additional offense. So in our verse here, the person or persons being exhorted are failing or fainting under the Lord's chastisement precisely because they have forgotten something that should be an encouragement to them. Okay, When we're being disciplined by the Lord, never forget that you are His child. God doesn't spank the neighbor kids. So, the fact that I'm under the chastisement of the Lord should be an encouragement to me. And when I'm under the chastisement of the Lord and I forget, and I'm discouraged because I'm under the chastisement of the Lord, I am giving Him something additional to chastise me for, my forgetting. We are charged to remember. This is part of our essential spiritual duty. Remember the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember that God delivered you out of the land of Egypt. So, how many times are we told to remember, remember, remember? And we can't say, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, and have that be anything but a confession of sin, right? So, there's the word eklanthanamia which means to forget. God. God so, continuing on with He's the podcast, episode 227, we come now to my, my book review. This book was an odd kind of encouragement, and it was by a gent named Friedman, and it, it's called The Storm Before the Calm. The Storm Before the Calm. Now, this is not a um, not a Christian book, but it's rather a book of um, analysis of trends, demographic uh, changes, and and sort of civilizational cycles—the storm before the calm. Now, a part of this, uh, ba- basically, what uh, I'll give you the the thesis of the book, which is that America runs through two different, distinct sorts of cycles. One of the cycles is basically an echo. Of what was argued in the book, the fourth turning. In the fourth turning, the, there are two authors there. I forget their names. They argue that in American history, we go through eighty-year cycles. Each period is called a seculum, and those eighty-year cycles are sort of um, determinative of, of what's going on all around us. And um, and so, what they do is this: the American War for Independence happened in the 1770s, 80 years. So, a seculum is an, uh, basically a, a long human life eight of 80 years. If you had uh, the end of one seculum at the War for Independence, and there's a great transition, a fourth turning there, then you, you fast-forward 80 years. That ends in the Civil War. If you fast-forward 80 years from that, that ends in the Second World War. And if you fast forward 80 years from that, lo, it lands right on top of where we are right now. So, that's each seculum. And each—so, the War for Independence, the Civil War, the Second World War, and what we're going through right now is a crisis period, the fourth turning. And, and those authors divide each 80 years up into four quadrants, The sort of the, uh, the heroes of the, who brought us through the crisis— then there's an awakening, then there's an unraveling, and then there's another crisis. So that's the that's one cycle. And that's in the fourth turning. And this uh, book by Friedman argues that that is a real thing. That's a, a definite thing. But he also argues that there's another, you might say, um, more economic kind of thing going on, which is a 50-year a cycle. And this book, The Storm Before the Calm, argues that we are having the... Um, the crisis point of both of these cycles landing in the same period of time, which would be the 2020s, this the decade that we're in. So he's arguing that we are in the middle of our tumultuous time. We're in the middle of our storm, and it's a storm that's entirely predictable. And it's going to pass. It's not going to go keep. It's not going to go forever and ever. This is the storm before the calm. And he, and he is a. It, it's a very good. Analysis of of how we when we're in the middle of a crisis like we are now, it's very easy to forget all the previous crises, all the previous troubled decades. So the '60s were a very troubled uh, decade, for example, and the Civil War was a troubled time. The uh, Second World War was a very troubled time, and we soldier through, we make it through, and then as soon as the sun comes out, if the sun comes out and it Stays out for like two days. We take that as our birthright, take it for granted, and we assume okay, it's going to be like this. It's going to be this way forever. You you see this with uh, well, it's not just with farmers. All all human, all humans do this. But if it rains for three days straight, the farmers start worrying that hey, if this keeps up, if if this keeps up, we're going to lose our crops. And then if it if you have a heat wave for a week they say, hey, if this keeps up, we're going to lose our crop. Now, we live in a fallen world, and sometimes you do lose your crop. Sometimes that does happen. But a lot of our worries hinge off of that phrase, if this keeps up. There's a law called Stein's Law. I've, I've probably cited it on the podcast here before. It came from Ben Stein's father. Uh, I've forgotten his first name. But Stein's Law basically says anything that cannot continue on indefinitely won't. And you can take that to the bank. If it can't continue on indefinitely, it won't. And what we're doing, the crazy time, the crazy tunes times that we're living in now are not a sustainable project. This can't keep up. And consequently, since it can't keep up, you can rest assured that it won't. If you enjoyed this episode, check out Doug's page on Canon Plus. There you can listen to his audiobooks, watch his sermons, and more. Just click the link in the show notes and start listening today.